I was really trying not to cry this morning, but it's like already started, you know, with praying for Damon and like every every week it's the same story. Like a colleague of mine at work got on the subject of crying. He's like, yeah, I haven't cried in like three or four years. And like, I cry like every week, like almost every day, like come into God's presence and you cry and you try to preach a word and you're like chunking and you just, it's just, God softens your heart. The world will harden your heart, but God softens our heart. Anyway, so this morning, I'm actually going to be speaking on something, something very spiritual. Uh, it doesn't often get preached about at church. Um, I'm speaking about your work, your job. Many of us going back to work, and that's the thing that's on our minds. Um, but often we wonder, like, is that spiritual? Uh, is your work and your job significant in the eyes of God? And the answer is yes, but I'm speaking more specifically about your calling, the anointing on your life, and your attitude and approach to your work. See, often we, we have this tendency to, to live a double life. I, I struggled with that for many years. I had my, my work life and my career, and there's a mindset there and a focus to get things done. And then you have your church life and your spirituality. And, and sometimes you see different personalities manifesting in these two worlds. But actually, we call to one life unto him. And it's not your marketplace life and your career life and your church life. It's one life. Amen? So if you're a student, that's actually your job, by the way, in case you didn't notice. Um, your, <laughs> your studies is your work. And, and if you're retired, um, you know, you also have a responsibility. Um, your work isn't over yet. I mean, here you have Derek's story. Um, yes, he doesn't have a, a nine-to-five job, but he's still being a steward of what God has put into his hand. The talents, the skills, the experience that he has, he's still making use of that. And many of the retired people also mentors unto others. So just because you're not necessarily having a career, um, you still have a responsibility unto God to be a good steward of what he's given you. So I just want to ask, how many, how many students do we have? If you, how many people are, are studying currently, kids? Okay, quite a few of us. How many of you are working class people like me? We just, we work us, okay? Most of us, all right? How many retirees or refirees have we got there? Hey, look at that. <laughs> okay. And how many of you actually don't have a job or are looking for a job right now? Maybe just, I don't want to embarrass you. Okay. There's a few. Would, can we pray for you? Is that all right? You guys want to stand up? Those of you raise your hand. Looking for work, don't have a work. Come, stand up. Milo, Morgan, all right, let's just stretch our hands to these people and join them in what they're trusting God for, for this year. Lord, would you God bless Eric, would you God bless Morgan, would you God bless Milo, would you God bless each and every person here that's wondering and very curious, Lord, where, where do you want me? What do you have for me this year? You've given me so much. How am I to use what you've given me in this world? Lord, I pray that you would bring those opportunities to the forefront. I pray that supernaturally you would part Red Seas or whatever it is that is holding back the opportunities that you have for them. And I ask that you would bless them. You would give them a job because you created work, Lord, and we are your workmanship. And may they honor you with the opportunities that come their way in the year to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, 
just a bit of statistics. Do you know the average person will spend one-third of their entire life at work? That's a, that's a huge chunk of your life. And so it's not just a small thing. It's like, oh, you just get a job to put a roof over your head and, and buy some food to feed the kids. You know, it's, it's a significant thing in the eyes of God. And, and some people think, well, actually, work is actually just this burden, you know, just something I have to do so then I can go on holiday in December, enjoy my life, or whatever. But like I said, it, it's one life. And some people think work is a curse, it's a burden, and I just want to go to, let's see what God says about work. Let's go to Genesis 3, 16, 19. So this, this justifies people thinking work is a curse, because often it doesn't feel so like, it feels like a bit of a curse sometimes. And, and this is when God had judged um, Adam and Eve for sinning, and it was the fall of man, and Adam, you know, sinned, and he was going to have to pay the consequences of that, and he was going to have to work, and Eve was going to experience pain in childbirth and all those things. So let's just go through. Um, it says, I will surely, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbirthing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and had eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. So he's basically saying, you're going to have to work until you die, Adam. You've blown it. You've missed it. You're going to have to work for stuff now. You've got a big job to do. It almost sounds like a painful curse that's come on mankind because of the fall. But that's actually, let's see, is this really a curse? Let's look at Genesis 2.15. This is before the, the fall of man. This is before sin even existed. It says, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So, so work is God's idea. It was his design. It was, it was actually his intention for good. So it, it's not a curse. Yes, it is a burden for some people, but God's intention was to actually give man work to do. A friend of mine, um, Gerard Klaassen, he's one of the elders here. We were talking about work and everything, and he said, you know what? Work is super special. Work is beautiful. It's a gift from God. He's like, what? who talks like that? Like, <laughs> work is, but I was intrigued that he felt that way. And he said, you know, God so involved in, in, my, in my business and in dealing with people and in how many opportunities he has to, to share the gospel and, and share the love of God. And, and you know, like, it's, it's God's idea. It's his design. And some of you, you know, really like their work. They don't know the difference between them being a workaholic or a workaholic. Like, they, they just enjoy what they do so much. The fact that they get a paycheck at the end of the month is a total surprise to them, you know. But our attitude towards work is very important in the eyes of God. See, God has actually equipped us as people with so much. So he's, he's given us spiritual gifts. You know, all of us have some kind of inherent spiritual gift. If you've received Jesus Christ and, and you've received the Holy Spirit, so you, you know, have the gift of prophecy or healing, you know, various spiritual gifts. He's also equipped us, equipped us with ministry gifts, whether it's teaching or administration or whatnot. And he's also given us 
uh, skills for work, talents, abilities, specific to you. So, so you, you're pretty like loaded, like guns loaded with a lot, of, a lot of stuff for this world. Ministry gifts, spiritual gifts, marketplace gifts. Let's look at um, Exodus 31. Uh, three through five. Is it? And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. Okay, that's the end. So he, he's given up skills to do things with. So... So yes, we have a calling. He's, he's equipped us. But first, we are called unto him. And, he, and he's gifted us for the reason of being his representatives, being his representatives in the marketplace. And, and wherever that takes you, whatever career that takes you. So your gifting is meant for you to glorify God with. Your skill set is meant for you to glorify God with. And in turn, that, that skill set will draw people unto you, which opens the door and opportunities for you to share who this God is that equipped you. Opportunities for you to share the gospel. I mean, over the years, people have come to me and they said, John, like, I've, I've watched you for years and you've got this, you've always got this piece in the most stressful industry. You know, and I'm like, well, Jesus is the Prince of Peace and, and he actually came into my life, you know, and, he, and that just opens the door for the story. But because of what he's given you, it, it makes you stand out. You, your light is actually shining without you being aware of it or not. You know, I often say, like, you're the closest thing to the gospel that some people will ever see or ever read in their entire life. Your conduct, even, and even just how you embrace um, the skill set and the gifting that God has given you. So I just want to echo something Andrew Selly said he's one of uh, the, the church founders at the latest 412 conference. He says, he said, your career is not your calling. And that just like hit me like, you know, like, because we make so much of our career, this, this one third of our life. It's like, you know, it's, it, there's, a, there's a lot involved with our daily work responsibilities, but it's not our calling. We are called unto him first. And with that calling, he decides what you're going to do with the talents he's given you. Where are you going to go? All right? Our calling is so much bigger than our career. Our calling unto him is, is it's an eternal thing. I believe we're even going to work in heaven. The Bible says we're going to rule and reign with him. Well, that's going to require some work to do if we're going to rule and reign over nations together. Hey? So we can't think like, oh, I just, just must retire and get done. I must just die and then I'm done with the work thing. No, it's, it's God's idea and it's a beautiful thing. Um, people often think that their, their career is their calling, and when you do that, you end up compromising on many things um, for the sake of your career. Sometimes you compromise things outside of the will of God. So, yes, if you have a business and you have work, of course you make sacrifices, and there are compromises. But when you have a continual pattern of compromising your spiritual life, compromising your family, other things are coming second best, then you know you're operating outside of God's will and calling. So, so if your career is not your calling, that means your work does not define you. I used to, I used to love being defined by my work for, for many years. And um, I used to love to be esteemed by people. From what I do, you know, you go to a braai, 
and you're having a conversation with some strangers or new people, and then you get that very awkward moment when you have no idea what to say to each other. And then the question comes out, so what do you do for a living, you know? And I used to, oh, oh you know, I've created one of these global food brands and blah, blah, blah. And they, oh, wow, oh, I love that place, so amazing, you know? And then I, yeah, you know. <coughs> And that's, and that's a total lie that, that I'm now defined, and they see me as a different person or a better person because of my career, what I've done. And the opposite is true. What about the guy who introduced himself? Well, actually, I, I collect the refuse in most of the neighborhoods. You know, I'm a garbage collector. Oh, oh, shame. You know, sorry, you're one of those, those people, you know? And the garbage collector is not defined by what he does. God is not interested in what you do. It's how you do what you do. Your worth and your value is not defined by what you do. And many of us are looking to find purpose and meaning in our lives through our careers, and you will never find it there. You will only find purpose and meaning through a life obedient to the one who's called you. Amen? Let's go to Isaiah 43, uh, verse 1. Isaiah 43. It's a little extra toasty today. But now, says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear, fear not, I have redeemed you, I have called you by name, you are mine. Our life is utter, not our own. We belong to him. Ephesians 2, verse 10, a scripture we all know well. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Everyone say, I should walk in them. <laughs> you see, every, every human being that is created is created with some inherent gift. And every one of us, you know, we have a desire to be recognized, to, to feel like we're making some difference, that we're making some contribution to this world or society. And we want to know that, like, what we do with our life actually matters. The work that we do, does it? Does it matter? Does it count for something? So this is in all of us, right? But our, but our contributions to the call of God in our life is not measured by our accomplishments. It's measured by our obedience to Him. So, so God has also done this thing where He's not just gifted us, you know, He's called us, but He's also anointed us. So, so what is that? I want to talk about anointing. So anointing is... Um, it's different than the presence of God. So sometimes in worship, you know, you, you feel the presence of God or at times in prayer, uh, there's this warmth, there's this love in your heart. There's, there's like, almost like a closeness or a, a weightiness in the atmosphere. But the anointing is something, it's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit that comes on you to do a specific task, to do something for him. Sometimes you, it's often equated when you someone's preaching and they're preaching and they're sharing the word there's anointing that comes on them and those words and those wisdoms coming out um that's not from that person it's really god's wisdom you know his anointing and as a preacher sometimes you experience that and sometimes you experience the anointing even in your job doing simple tasks example uh, I had a guy he worked for me and then he resigned and he went and he started his own construction company and i was watching him do some work the one day and he was just He's fixing this counter, and he was siliconing the glass on the counter. And just the way he had this, like, silicon gun, he just did it with such excellence. And I felt the anointing come on me because I was next to him. I feel like a 
tingling sensation. I was like, wow, God's like really gifted this guy for, for his business and what he's doing. But he's just doing a simple task of siliconing a piece of glass, you know? But it's just it's one of the ways that God uh, has spoken to me over the years. You, you have a sensitivity to the Spirit. You have a sensitivity to the presence of God. And you have a sensitivity to the anointing. So, so we've been anointed by Him as well, if you have the Holy Spirit. Um, okay. I just want to quote the Scripture from the book of Colossians 3.17. I'm not going to put it up here. It says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving glory to the Father through him. So that, that pretty much wraps up like everything we do, everything responsible. Whatever you do, whatever you say to others at work, however you behave, after you do that thing, can you say, thank you, Jesus. I do this in your name, giving glory to the Father. So that, that, that's like a benchmark on how we should conduct ourselves in the marketplace. And I'm not going to have a huge uh, preach about work ethic and those type of things. But, but this, is, this is the standard. You know, this is what God considers as holy, is, is our conduct at work. So the actual, um, those of you who don't know, the word work in the Bible and the Hebrew word um, is called ovadah. Everyone say ovadah. Someone's like, ovadah. Okay. So, so by the definition, it means both work and worship. It's the same thing. So we're doing, we're doing worship here earlier, right? And, and we can praise God. God, I give you my all. I give you my life and everything. And, 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 you know, we do the charismatic thing. And then we go to work. And then we, we're a different person. Our work is worship. How you conduct yourself is worship unto God. How, how ethical you are is worship unto God. Or it's not worship unto God. Actually, you're tarnishing his name in how you operate in the marketplace. Let's look at Colossians 3, 22. Verse 3 to 24. It says, servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers. I, I could say some funny things. You know, you know when you step into the room, if you're a manager or a boss, and you, people just like jump in. They're like, you know, cleaning counters. They're just looking busy, you know. <laughs> it's like in us. Looking busy. Oh, here comes the boss. Like, I'll quickly send an email, you know. Don't do as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. I don't know what that inheritance is, but it, I'm fascinated to know. <laughs> you will receive inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Just, just think about that for a moment. At work, your boss, you're serving the Lord Christ through your boss. Like, I, I really struggle with my boss. He's like, I, I, my wife, no. <laughs> and I got to love him. I got I to gotta serve him as if he's the Lord Christ in a sense. That's what the scripture says. So, so when I badmouth him to my other colleagues or I'm disobedient or actually, uh, I don't like your idea. It's actually quite lame. I'm going to do what I want to do, you know. Um, this, this, is, this is how God looks at us when we're operating in our jobs. Are you serving the Lord? Are you fearing man? Are you a people pleaser? And like many of you, I've, I've been on a long journey trying to maintain a, a godly attitude and, and perspective um, towards work. 
And I just want to share a personal testimony. I really struggled, like, is what I do significant? You know, is it, does it make a difference in this world? Is it, um, is it significant in regards to the kingdom? I mean, I'm, a, I'm an elder, so my heart gushes for the, for the church, people of God, his, his, his will for us, his plans for us. And then you have, he's called you to the marketplace. And you're like, oh, my, my heart doesn't gush for my job. Like, it gushes for you guys. And the things of God are like, you know, naturally so passionate about. And lost a bit of that passion for my work. Even though I have a lot to be thankful for and a lot to boast about and, you know, all those things. And uh, so I wrestled for this for a while, you know, like, you know, so the end of last year, I was really burned out and then they had to do like a global, <laughs> a global work trip. And uh, yeah, I was gone for several weeks. And, um, and so as I was going on this trip, I was like, okay, God, I'm going to Europe. I'm, I'm going to Italy. I'm going to Australia. I'm going to all these places. Like, where are you? How do you want to use me? Um, surely this isn't just an accident. You know, you're using me. And, and I, I was just like God conscious. Like, where is he? Um, is there an opportunity to lead some to the Lord? Or, you know, what is it? And it was just really dry. I was quite burnt out, early mornings, late nights, you know. And I found myself in Sicily, almost like at the end of the trip, at the end of the country. And we were in one of the health clubs there, and we were discussing how we were going to redesign the space and how we were going to put one of our restaurants in there. And so we're, we had the architects, and we had the local teams, and these Italian guys, so it's really fun trying to get on the same page where they don't speak the same language. Anyway, so as I'm, I'm problem solving and coming up with ideas and solutions and we're all working together as a team, I feel the anointing come on me. And, and I wasn't doing anything spectacular. I was just trying to like come up with ideas and solutions and stuff. And the Lord just says to me, I've anointed you for this. You're, you're exactly where I want you to be right now. And I actually realized he gifted me to do what I was doing, but I kept judging myself for what I was doing, not how I was doing it and how I was doing it unto him and, and that I was embracing what he had given me to serve him with. I wanted some kind of worldly affirmation or accomplishment or something, or some s significance to be obvious. But actually it was the simplest thing. He just showed me, I blessed you with what you're doing. Embrace it. And so and I really feel like many of us are also stuck. I mean, this is a couple of years of like being negative and like, like, why am I doing this? You know, and I think many of us have this perspective of our job. It's like a burden. It's a curse. We're negative about it. We don't like our bosses or whatever. We don't think we're being impactful, you know. But actually, God may have you exactly where he wants you to be and actually anointed you to be where you are. You know, the, the prophetic word that God gave me for this meeting was that he said those words like he said to Moses to say to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go that they may serve me. I just want to say, people, you are free to serve the Lord with what he's given you and where you are. Amen. And I just want to I just want to pray. I really believe people are walking with that oppression and negativity. And maybe um, Leon, you can come up. And minister on the piano keyboard. Um, and if you know it, you, you're carrying that negativity. It's a daily thing. And it's, a, it's a daily struggle. And you want God to come into your 
mind and perspective and set you free and settle that issue, then why don't you, why don't you stand up through the river? I really believe that God sees the problem. There's a disconnect between where he sent you, what he's given you, and your acceptance of that, and your happiness or lack of happiness of that. And, and yeah, so leaders also, um, why don't you guys even stand up, come to the front, and we're going to have some of the leaders come and lay hands on you and pray for you, and maybe we'll prophesy over there, and just bring truth, just bring, you know, we want to be delivered, and when we be delivered, that's often letting go of the lie and having an encounter with the truth and being set free because he is the truth. He wants to change our view of our life. It's a third of our life. It's, a, it's actually a big deal. That third of our life belongs to him. The other two thirds also belongs to him. He's a, he's a holy God. All this, all this is for him. There's no separation between work and church, family. It's, it's one life we live unto him. Before we pray, I also just want to pray for those people who don't have God's perspective on their life at all. And that, that perspective and His view and understanding of your life comes from knowing the Word of God. It comes from the written Word. It comes from the Bible. It comes from His voice, the spoken Word. It comes from a relationship and a walk that you have with Him. And I believe there are people here you're not walking with him because they've walked away or, or they've just lived their own life in a life of sin that's actually separated them from, from the direction and, and the understanding of what are they here for? So I don't know if there are people here who've never walked with God and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior and accepted the forgiveness that he's offered and that he paid for on the cross. I don't know if there's anyone here that's accepted that in exchange for their life and the sin that they're carrying, the burden they're carrying. So if that's you, and you want to make a commitment to serve the Lord and to know Him, maybe just slip up your hand and I can pray for you as well. I don't know if there's any, any people, before we pray for this folk, I don't know if there's any people here who want to come back to the Lord or give their life to Him for the first time this morning. Okay.